What's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading episode 147 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Happy holidays, everybody. I wanted to remind you very quickly, if you're in the Bay Area, Sunday, January 14th, we have a live show with our buddies from Craigslist. Craig and Carla were doing a double bill. Their guest is Busy Phillips. Our guests are Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher. We're super excited. You can get tickets now and all the info you need at sfsketchfest.com. That's going to be in the afternoon, Sunday, January 14th. We'll see you there. But for now, please enjoy episode 147 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Rankin' Bass Christmas Special. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Okay. This has been suggested by a few people. Oh, we're starting. Yeah, we're starting right now. Oh, you just jumped right in. Well, I literally had my mic sitting on my lap. <laughs> well, I'm in your home right now, and I'm surrounded by Christmas lights and your Christmas tree, which is very nice. Thank you. Um, it's got it's got Elvis on it. Does uh, it? Yeah, in the back. Why, uh, why are you making the king on the? It's got Elvis. It's, it's got Kermit back? and Miss Piggy. I look. I got all my favorite nerddoms. Oh wait, maybe uh, no. Elvis fell off. That's oh, right. Am I Elvis on your tree? Was, you are on my tree. I'm on your tree. Yeah, there is a there is a Christmas <laughs> ornament on my tree that is a picture of Hal Lublin dressed as Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, I, I like the travel Christmas decorations. Yeah, I like getting a lot of those. Like, uh, I have a Pinocchio that I got in Italy. I got a Fantail that I got in uh, New Zealand. Lots of, uh, and then you know Disneyland every year would give us a an ornament. I also have a bunch of. I don't know if you can see them on there. Uh, a Christmas story ornaments. No, um, I don't. I yeah. There's I the leg which... lamp. There's the uh, the little kid in uh, in the suit where he can't put his arms down. I'm just gonna take a picture of where I'm sitting right now, uh-huh. just so if anybody can spot them from here, <laughs> I'll tweet it out. Beautiful. And then uh, you can let me know. But thank you for coming to my Christmassy home. Thank you for having me here. I love my pleasure. I love how you've decked it out for the holidays, and and because it's the holidays, yes, and because people have requested it, yes, and because we need content, <laughs> we're going to talk about Rankin Bass. Oh, for those of you who don't know Rankin Bass, uh, Rankin Bass is a production company, and most of their uh, all of their their specials, they made these holiday specials. That's what they were known for, right? And they're famous for uh, mostly stop motion. Uh, most of them are. Very crude, but charmingly crude stop motion films. I'm sure they were state of the art for the moment they were. Do you were think they made. were? I don't know, man. Like now that I'm thinking after that sentence came out and you said that, I was like, you know what? <laughs> you might be right. They may have been deliberately crude. Yeah. If, if I don't art- mean crude in the sense that they're doing, you know, Rudolph doing fart jokes. No. Although that would have, that would be great. Right. Um, uh, I mean, like if, if art cloaky was doing it and it was like a very Gumby Christmas. It would look super smooth, and it would just be jazz music. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? It's kind of like jazz music—the way that all these characters bounce off each other. How? Oh, it's about the—it's about the good parts you don't see. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. about the Christmas they're not having. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, but all of these were aired on network television. Okay. Um, the first few on NBC, then ABC and CBS picked them up for a while. 
Um, and then they came back to NBC in 74, but they were always on networks. They were the big holiday specials. Right. And there, uh, thanks to Kate McManus for putting together a wonderful research packet for us. Yes. Thank you. Um, there are a lot of them. There are 19 here. But there is really a golden age. Okay. Um, now, if you want, we can just list them off. You want to list all the ones that aren't going to be a finalist? Because yep. you and I agree already on that. We, we had a text uh, conversation, as we yeah. normally do. And you said, I think there are three finalists, and I know who the winner is. And I said, well, these are the three I think are the finalists. And then you said four finalists. So I guess yeah. I'd missed one. So let's talk about all the all the ones that aren't going to win. I, uh, I think all of the – so there was a golden age between 1964 when their first one came out right. um, and 1974. Uh, they had two come out in 1974, and but that decade was the golden age of Rankin and Bass sure. um, creating these uh, creating these specials. Um, starting in 1975, start to fall off a little bit in there. <laughs> I don't, I don't honestly, I don't know about their quality because I haven't seen all of these. Right. Um, but they do fall off in their popularity. Okay. Um, uh, so let's go over some of the. Let's go backwards in time. How's that? Sure. Um, starting in nineteen oh two thousand one, they made one. Look at that. Yeah. Um, and they always have a really fun narrator. So I'll I'll mention who the narrator was for each of them as well. Okay. Uh, Santa Baby aired on Fox in two thousand one, starring Eartha Kitt as the narrator, with who has always had a weird voice. <laughs> yes, and who was the original, the one who made Santa Baby a hit? Yes, her version of it. And, uh, and this is all about a songwriter writing a hit Christmas song. Yeah. Maybe the creepiest holiday song. Maybe. No. Nope. In, the, in the argument. Nope. It's nope. in the argument. No. Maybe it's cold outside. I read a very interesting defense of Baby It's Cold Outside recently by. What's in this drink? <laughs> that was a, that apparently in the forties, that was a joke that people would make when they would act like they were drunk, but there was no alcohol. In their drink. So Man. This, there was a female scholar, I believe, who wrote an article about how the song is actually a woman expressing sexual agency rather than a woman being duped and drugged. But through the modern lens, that's exactly what we see. Yeah. And this may be a bunch of hooey. I just thought it was an interesting look. And if true, then maybe the song doesn't deserve the bad rap it gets. If not true – that it double deserves it. Actually, a couple of years ago, we were uh, doing a Christmas show where we uh, sang that song, but I insisted on doing the the reverse. I insisted on playing. That was the only way I would do that song. Okay. Um, is if we reversed it because very woke, you know, wait. <laughs> somewhat woke. I don't know, wokeish. Sure. Um, so going backwards, then the uh, the life and adventures of Santa Claus. Came out in 1985 on CBS, the story of Santa Claus. Before that, The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold, narrated by Art Carney in 1981. Right. Pinocchio's Christmas in 1980. Mm. Jack Frost. Now, Jack Frost, I actually, I really liked Jack Frost. That one, that one, um, became, I guess that one sort of showed, shows up more often sure. than some of these others. Cause he can eat no fat. Uh, and yes, and his wife can eat no lean, right. and so together both you and see. And that's Buddy Hackett mm -hmm. as Pardon Me Pete. Yes, Pardon Me Pete, which uh, Pardon Me Pete is the groundhog uh, on Groundhog okay. Day. So the story, actually, it's not a Christmas story. It takes place in uh, in February. Well, it takes place all through the winter, but having yeah. having Buddy Hackett play the groundhog on February 2nd as the narrator. Um, now, before that, we've got... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a couple of these. Then we, we've got there's some sequels mixed in here. I'll get to uh, sure. later. The stingiest man in town, 
Um, told from the perspective of Tom Bosley as B A H Humbug Esquire. I get it. Yeah, we can skip that. I get it. Uh, Nestor, the long haired, uh, Nestor, the long eared Christmas donkey in 1977. Um, a donkey born with very long ears during the age of the Roman Empire. And this one was narrated by Roger Miller. At this point, were they just like, what's close to Christianity? We know that. Yeah, they're, uh, they're adjacent to Christianity. Um, then you got another sequel. Um, then there's a, then, okay. So then there's a bunch of sequels. Now, um, the sequels that are in here, I'll mention along with, the golden age uh, okay. episode. So let's talk about the golden age, <coughs> 1964 to 1974. The ones we're really going to be talking about today. Wait, before we do that. Yeah. What, what is it that we, cause I've watched some of our finalists pretty mm-hmm. much annually. I'll watch them. They come up. Sure. TV. And what I've already watched, um, just outside of even before we even decided we were going to do this episode. Right. Um, I'd already, I think watched three of them. Okay. Because they're just on my list every year. Sure. You, they're the must-sees. And yeah. they are for me, too. That's just part of the holidays. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I am a Jew who loves Christmas. Yeah. But I noticed with these specials in particular, mm-hmm. like I think the, Grit, the How the Grinch Stole Christmas and I think the Charlie Brown Christmas special both still hold up. There's mm-hmm. something still magical about them. The Rankin-Bass specials, not so much for me. Really? Just like, Is it style? Is it just because they're so crude? It's – no, the animation I actually like, it's that they're not very well written. Oh. I feel like they're not like – Some of these are. I'll, t- I'll I will I will hand it to you on definitely one of them that okay. is that is perhaps the dumbest script. All but right. it's – but still has magical moments in it. Yeah, I – Let's give the list first. Let's okay, give the name so we know what we're talking about. Okay. So people know what we're talking about. 1964. We're going back in time again. We're jumping all over in time here. Sure. Burl Ives as Sam the Snowman narrated Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yes. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. The uh, the narrator that I did for Yumbo the Christmas Elephant is mm-hmm. based on Burl Ives. That's right. You were a palm tree. Yes. That's right. Instead of a snowman. You ever seen a palm tree before? Which is sort of like <laughs> Burl Ives. Like, oh, hey, didn't notice yeah. you there. Burl Ives by way of Droopy Dog. Yes, that's right. Great. Um, then we had two that honestly I'm not as familiar with. Cricket on the Hearth and the Little Drummer Boy. The Little Drummer Boy, I know it's, yeah. the, it's their version of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, but from the Nativity. Yeah. And every time the kid is mad, he bangs his drums. Yeah. He's he like, don't want to go to work. Yeah. He's Todd Rundgren. He just want to bang on the drum all day. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> he's the, Todd Rundgren. when Todd, when Todd Rundgren saw that, that's what inspired that song. It's fun. I'm going to have fun facts about each Ooh. of these. See if you can figure out which are true. Uh, spoiler, none of them. None of them are true. Um, all right. And then we go into some real heavy hitters here, Hal. Okay. We have Frosty the Snowman, narrated by Jimmy Durante. Yeah. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, narrated by Fred Astaire. Yeah. Twas the Night Before Christmas, narrated by Joel Gray. The Year Without a Santa Claus, narrated by Shirley Booth as Mrs. Claus. Okay. Uh, then we have, uh, the first Christmas, the story of the first Christmas snow. I don't remember that one. And then we have, this is when the sequels start up in, uh, 76. We had Frosty's Winter Wonderland and Rudolph's Shiny New Year and, uh, The Little Drummer Boy Book Two. All three of those came out, uh, that, that year, 1976. Later in 1979, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Does that mean there are only really like three Christmas stories? They're just like, 
well, we didn't tell you what happened next. Yeah. Um, uh, after that Christmas, 364 days happened. <laughs> and then it was, do you know, one year, it was July. And then Rudolph was there. <laughs> but also, remember Frosty? You liked both of them. What if they were there together? Yeah, we'll put them all together. So you can kind of tell based on this which ones were the heavy hitters because they were the ones that got the sequels. Sure. Um by the way, did you ever see Rudolph's Shiny New Year? I feel like maybe. It's oh man, Rudolph's Shiny bad? New Year is insanity. Um, the <laughs> villain, which I believe is a giant, uh, it's a giant vulture in this, sure. or a, um, uh, oh no, the, the the villain is its last year doesn't want to die on New Year's Eve, so they steal the New Year's baby, so they, there can't be a New Year, and then Rudolph, uh goes out in search of baby new year that has been kidnapped, but has to hop around. Each year has an Island and Rudolph has to hop around from Island to Island. So by the end of this uh, special Rudolph, Ben Franklin and a caveman are chasing down a giant bird with a baby. Oh, you know what? What? Fun fact. <laughs> this special. And it's, it's sad. This, this was based oh, no. on, um, Oh no. This is going to be sad. On the Hearst kidnapping, when Patty Hearst was kidnapped. And, you know, uh, the Stockholm Syndrome, the baby eventually becomes just like its captors because of Stockholm Syndrome. Wow. So you guys don't have to see this now. You don't. Because it ends with a murder baby. At first I was thinking, like, I don't know if I would like this special. And then you were like, Ben Franklin, a caveman, (laughs) a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I was like... I would watch a five-hour version yeah, of that. I am definitely interested now. Yep. Oh, he's not in 1636. Let's keep going. <laughs> All right. So um, let's take a look at these uh, these big ones. Uh, I would say that the big ones on here, we, we talked about there being a big four, and okay. that would be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and The Year Without a Santa Claus. But I do want to give a shout out to uh Twas the Night Before Christmas. That one was a traditionally animated film. Right. Uh had nothing to do with any other famous characters that had already been around. And um it was about a little kid, a little mouse uh who lived in the town who didn't believe in Santa Claus and so in so doing insulted Santa Claus and then the town uh in order to get Santa Claus to come to their town with the aid of that little mouse they had to get Santa. Like all of these. Whoa, Santa, calm down. Yeah, I know, right? Not everybody has to like you. Santa in these is a very fickle, fickle being. Yeah. Like Rankin Bass, they didn't have a great outlook on Santa, I don't think. It's the only, the only one where he's really a hero is young Santa and Santa Claus is coming to town, right? Yeah. And even in that, these, he's got some weird, there's some weird in there. He's, 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 yeah, he is very positively portrayed in that, but like in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, he's a jerk yeah. for half of, for most of that movie. Everybody's a jerk in the North Pole. Yeah. And Everybody. then when the, but, and he's not even just a jerk to Rudolph. He's a jerk when the elves want to sing and well, all right, well, let's get this over with. And he yeah. sits down and they sing this song that they've been working real hard on for him. And they're oh. like, they finish the song. They're like, ta-da. <sighs> and Santa just goes, well, I have to go. Needs work. <laughs> like he's just a he's just a total jerk. I'll leave notes under the door. And he also uh he's so fickle in whether or not there's going to be a Christmas. He keeps canceling Christmas. 
in the year without a Santa Claus, it begins with, uh, Santa, you are sick with a fever. And his doctor says, nobody cares about Christmas anyway. And Santa's like, well, we're canceling Christmas. Yeah, and then, uh, Rudolph sense. the Red-Nosed Ranger's like, well, there's weather, canceling Christmas. You know what? He's one of those people that one credit, like, one criticism will completely, I was having a good day until I found out that nobody cared about Christmas from my doctor. Yeah. And now nobody gets Christmas because <laughs> everybody must feel like my doctor does. Yeah. Ugh. And also, he is his, I, I'm going to say this. Yeah. And I know we're both Muppet fans. Go ahead. He and, uh, he and Kermit seem like they're in a race for defeatism. <laughs> but except, yeah, Kermit isn't. Kermit's always defeated. He's always like, well, I guess we can't do this. And then the gang has to build him back up. Yeah. And all of these Santas, well, I guess we can't do this. And then the gang has to build him back up. At one point for both of them, Mm -hmm. nobody will be there to build them back up. And they'll be like, did I just – am I now trapped in a prison of my own creation? Yeah. Of sadness? Yeah. And they'll meld into one and Santa will sing, why are there so many songs about Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) Have I, Santa Claus, who was deterred by a light drizzle – and some fog <laughs> from flying around. Versus, you know that he's flying high enough to get over the fog. Yeah. Yeah, like, wait a on. minute. It's not one high-altitude, cloudy Christmas Eve. Right. It's one foggy Christmas Eve. That fog is low. He probably could stand up and see over it. Yeah, but he may not be able to see the houses. The oh, heist. Yeah, the heist. Yeah. <laughs> How could he see the heists? Yeah. Well, then- it's magic. The same way he gets around the entire world in one night. Mm-hmm. Magic. Yeah. All right. So, um, so that leaves us with the four. We're, we're gonna, okay. we're, we'll eliminate, um, the night before Christmas. It's very good. It's flat animation. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but I don't think it's as beloved as Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is coming to town, and Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. When you now, think of Rankin Bass. Yeah. You think about stop motion animation. Now, Year Without a right. Santa Claus, we're just throwing out. Cause, oh no, Year love- Without, Year Without a Santa Claus. Let's start Go ahead. there. Let's I think people, there. I think what people like the most about it. Mm-hmm. And I speak for all people. So Santa, listen up. Yeah. Is you need to cancel Christmas. Yeah. You need to cancel Christmas. <laughs> Nobody. No. Uh, Santa, if you are listening, we care. Yeah. We love Christmas. Hal is a Jew who loves Christmas. Yeah. I am a, my apartment looks like a pottery barn right now, like with the amount of Christmas <laughs> in it or like one of those Hallmark movies. I was going to ask if I could buy some of those nutcrackers. <laughs> I was going to look under and see if there's a price tag on the feet. Uh, Santa. The thing that we remember the most about that special is Cold Miser and Heat Miser. Right. Right? Yeah. And their song, oh, Mr. Heat Miser. Which is a brilliant song. Yes. And beautifully executed. But they're not really the stars of that. No. And music is sort of the hallmark uh, of these specials. But they write very – some of the songs are super short. Like mm-hmm. it's like maybe a verse or maybe just a chorus and then we're out. Some of them yeah. are a little bit longer. That's they, you forget, like you think you're gearing up for a musical number. It's like, oh, oh no, she was just going to say that one thing in song and that's it. And now we're done. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's like they're made out of the interstitial songs between the big songs in Les Mis. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that is a good thing to bring up though, as our criteria in picking the best right. is the songs, because some of these have real masterpieces in them. Um, this one in particular, the Heat Miser, uh, Cold Miser song. Is it Cold Miser or Snow Miser? It's Cold Miser? I, th- I thought it was Cold Miser. Maybe it is um, Snow Miser. I just know. Yeah. 
who knows this isn't gonna win so no but it's but that song in particular is great and also at the beginning um there's a song called anyone can be santa claus that is sung by mrs claus that is uh is a powerful uh a powerful feminist anthem yeah if anyone can be santa claus why can't a woman is uh basically the theme of this song. That's true. It also though feeds into Santa's self doubt because he's like, I guess anybody could do this. <laughs> Maybe there won't be Christmas this year. But I heard my wife singing. That's the thing. In this, he said he has two elves that go, and that is their job. Is they're the ones that are going to take care of Christmas this year. Yeah. And uh, spoiler alert: it all goes well in the end. Thank goodness. Oh, wow. I, I was know. concerned this time. Did you see the movie they made of this recently? The Santa Claus? No, the, uh, <laughs> of the same, of the exact same thing. Is it Fred Claus? Uh, no, I saw Fred Claus. I like Fred I Claus. I like Fred Claus too. Arthur Christmas is great. There's a lot of great Which modern Arthur day. Christmas? Arthur Christmas is the animated, I think it was Sony did. Okay. Uh, or DreamWorks. It was an animated Christmas movie about, uh, Santa's son, his two sons. I see. And um, it was great. It was uh, James McAvoy played Arthur Christmas and Jim Broadbent played Santa. Okay. Um, and, oh, is that uh, where one of them? And House MD played the older brother, like the tough guy. House MD? Santa guy. You What's his name? guess what his name is? Hugh Laurie. There you go. It took me. I, all it took me was an extra couple of seconds. House MD. Yeah. He played the elf that, that tells everybody they, that they don't have lupus. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So this live action version of uh of the year without a santa claus came out in 2006 and the cast was fantastic uh john goodman played santa claus okay you know the big grump who <laughs> is so weak will or uh or thin-skinned yes. that anything will make him stop christmas yeah uh jingle and jangle those two elves that save christmas right played by eddie griffin and ethan supplee do you remember ethan supplee sure i do he's so funny that guy when and eddie griffin sailboat when, What's that? when when i said when will he see the sailboat <laughs> um and then you had uh delta burke as mrs claus uh and in the roles of snow miser and heat miser it is snow miser okay in the roles of snow miser and heat miser in a insane extended more even more elaborate version of uh that song harvey fierstein as heat miser and firestein firestein is that how you say it fierstein it's f-i-e-r not f-i-r-e it's firestein all right harvey firestein and michael mckean as the snow miser remember when he did were you there when he did hold on let's see if we can do that let's see uh so it was heat miser harvey firestein and Michael McKean as Snow Miser. <laughs> Do you remember when he did Thrilling Adventure Hour? Yeah. That was real cool. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. He's great. I like his new cooking show on the Food Network. What is it called? Um, or I don't know what channel it's on because I... McCooking with McKean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he goes into the history of famous dishes. Oh, which is... Come on. That is cooking and history. Those are the two channels. Those are the first two channels I always choose as my favorites. Do you remember, um, do you watch Unwrapped? Have you ever watched Yeah, the Mark, um, Mark Summer. Mark Summer show. I, what I love about that show, mm-hmm. similar, is they'll tell the history of a food and they'll show the assembly of it, like a assembly line. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's like, oh. if you want to bewitch me, just show me them, like, the episode of Mr. Rogers where they go to the Crayola factory and, like, that's how they do it. The wax oh. goes on the cylinders and then in a box. I like I fall asleep. Here's what I love, Hal. Yes. <laughs> I love knowing the way that you sometimes infrequently eat like a seven year old. Sure. I love cooking shows. Yeah. And apparently now so do you. It's just that your version of a cooking show 
is the factory that is making this processed 7-Eleven food. Yeah, kid, I just want to see how the Slim Jim is made. No, 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 no. Stick to the candy and the chips. Do not see how the Slim Jim is made. Oh, God. Well, first I fire my reindeer, and yeah. then they're sent to a factory. It's an abattoir. Uh, all right, I'll tell you what. Yeah. We have three finalists that are coming up. Yes. Before we get to them, okay. let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll hear from some of the other shows on the Max Fun Network. Great. Hey, readers. All of you bookworms, comic geeks, library junkies, literary fiction lovers, bibliophiles, and nerds. Want to get more out of your reading life? Listen to Reading Glasses. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We want to help you read better. Join us every Thursday on Maximum Fun's new podcast while we talk about book culture and solve your reader problems. Reading Glasses will teach you how to vanquish your to-be-read pile, connect with other readers, and get more reading into your busy day. No matter what you read or how you read it, we'll We'll help you you do do it better. better. (laughs) That's cute. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds the- good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. Mark, we got a message on the Jumbotron. We do. Yes, our first ever. This is our first ever Jumbotron This is our message. first Jumbotron. This is very exciting. I love the Jumbotron. I know. This, is, uh, this message is for Victor. It's from Amanda and John, who want to say, People of the world. Oh, I never get to do the people of the do world. Do it. Go ahead. Can do I do it. it this time? I wish you would. People of the world. This Jumbotron asks, Since the dawn of time, who is the best kid born on December 23rd? Is it Eddie Vedder? No. Is it Corey Haim? No. Jim Harbaugh? Carla Bruni? No. All people born on December 23rd, Susan Lucci. It's yeah. not Susan Lucci. It's even uh, one of my best friends, Jesse. It's his birthday today. And it is also the birthday of my dear grandmother-in-law. But you know what? None of them are the winner. No. Do you know who the winner is? The best kid born on December 23rd. That's easy. It's Victor. Asked and answered. Bagropa. I thought that one was for me. No, that's for me. He is the best mute. This one's for me. Fine, do it. Bagropa. He is the best male human child from here to Galut Praktal. Waza? Wait, that one's for me. Oh, go ahead. Waza? No, wait, I'll do that one. Okay. Waza? He's better than apple pie. Happy 11th birthday, buddy, from mom and dad. And don't don't worry, everyone. He's He's got got this. Oh, we did that together. Yeah, we did. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday, Victor. And we're back. Let's go to the top three. All right. And let's pick our winner. This is – I feel like we're doing a, a bit of a disservice to the people who have a long commute, but we're really helping out the people who have stuff to do. Yeah, that's right. If you needed like 45 minutes on the treadmill, <laughs> we got you set up. You were all set. If you were hoping to drive from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh – 
No, you're going to need a few more episodes. Just stack them up. You know what you should do? Listen to some of those other podcasts that we just told you about. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. So here are our finalists. Santa Claus is coming to town, Frosty the Snowman, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Do you think we can eliminate Santa Claus is coming to town right now? I don't know. I want to talk about it, though. All right. Let's talk about it. There are... There are some great things and there are some terrible things about Santa Claus is coming to town. For those who don't remember, this is the story of young Santa. It's Rankin Bass's version of it, of where all of these myths came from. So it begins with Fred Astaire answering letters from children. Right. Um, and this was at the time early on when Rankin Bass did a cool thing where the beginnings of their, uh, specials all looked like newsreels. So the beginning of this one was, children are sending letters to Santa Claus. And then it's Fred Astaire answering the letters, and most of them have questions about all these different elements of Santa, all of which are answered over the course of this. So this is the story of young Santa, as played by Mickey Rooney, and uh, he is a ginger. Yeah. And uh, he is a baby left on the steps of the Kringles, and they give him the name Chris, so... He is called Chris Kringle, but he was wearing a name tag that said Claus when he was left on their doorstep. You know what? I think I just realized something. What's that? Where some of his issues come from. Having multiple names? Well, no. If he feels like he was abandoned, that might have led to some sensitivity. We don't know how the, the Kringles loved him. Yeah. But we don't know sort of where it came from. So we should also feel bad. Yeah, I know we ragged on Santa earlier for being yeah. uh, sensitive, but that comes from a real place. And I think with time and therapy... He could get stronger. Santa is not going to bring you any presents if you keep poking him like he this. He wasn't going to bring me any presents anyway. Uh, you don't know. I don't, he wasn't going to put anything under the menorah in my house. You have a Christmas tree. You have a lovely Christmas tree. That's true. There is a very nice Christmas tree there. Uh, <laughs> and your wife's a Presbyterian. That's also true. Um, um, but he does look like the, what, the 80th Weasley child? Yeah. Uh, in a bright red Kringle suit because all the Kringles wear those Santa suits. Sure. The Kringles are all elves. They make toys. They have this full size human that comes to live with them. And he decides he's going to take these toys to Somber Town, which is the town, uh, across the way where toys have been made illegal by Burgermeister Meisterberger. Right. Who is the leader of the town. And my favorite, hands down, my favorite villain in these, in any of these Rankin Bass movies. Voiced by Paul Freese. Voiced by Paul Freese. Legend. Burger Meister, Meister Burger. Either the toys are going or I am going. And I am certainly not going. <laughs> Doing a bit of a Ludwig von Drake voice. Yes. Um, but, uh, oh man, he's so funny. And this is one other one that has great songs. Um, uh, he, his song, uh, There'll be no more toy maker to the king. And he sings about all the terrible things he's going to do to toys. Like as a villain song goes. Sure. Um, and it ending with him proclaiming that toys are illegal. Like this is, this is the perfect Christmas villain and his little, his little lackey sidekick <laughs> who incidentally, these were the two that threw the baby away when it was initially dropped on their doorstep and the, and the Kringles found this baby. Right. Um, so. That said, that, that's some of the good. Uh, it, it, the way that they deal with these myths is really fun. Um, there's a great character, the Winter Warlock, who is sort of this movie's version of the abominable snowman from Rudolph. Right. But he is, he's very evil at first. And then as soon as he's given a toy, as happens multiple times in this, if Santa hands you a toy, you immediately melt. 
Uh, so uh, the winter warlock immediately turns into the world's nicest man. Right. Uh, the woman uh, school teacher who is very stern. Uh, he hands her a toy and she immediately falls in love with him uh, and eventually becomes Mrs. Claus. Um, so there's all, and, and, you know, the, the way that they deal with the reindeer flying, all of these other real, like, great details. And Santa got his ho, ho, ho from the way that the seals laughed because seals taught him how to have fun. Like, all these things are great. Are that they- said, yeah, they're fun. The seals go, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I tried to do that inward, like, yeah. noise thing and it did not happen just then. <laughs> uh, I just imagine the claws is out on a, like, a double date. With the and, seals? Sure. Or whoever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so how did you meet? And he's like, well, I gave her a toy and then she fell in love with me and we got married. Mm-hmm. Like, just, uh, like a, I just gave her a wagon. <laughs> no, there was a lot more to it than that. Cause it was something that reminded her. Yeah, of, it, yes. And yeah. there was a lot more to their courting sure. than that. Um, and they had the most beautiful wedding that it was the invention of the Christmas tree because no one could, no one was willing at this point. They were outlaws, which is of course why he had to go down chimneys and, fake uh, news. Yeah. Fake news. <laughs> uh, and so they got married out, uh, under the stars and the elves decorated the trees. Uh, and winter had just a little bit more magic left and the winter warlock and he made the trees light up. So that was the first Christmas tree. See, it's very sweet. There's also, Here's a couple of the alarming things in it, and it's two of the songs. You're making a face, Hal. I'm just waiting. <laughs> Go ahead. There, there are two songs that one of which, um, one of which is just suffers from being really dated, which is when Santa Claus sings the song, uh, to all the boys and girls of Sombertown, where he has just shown up, a stranger, and, uh, sings to them, if you sit on my lap today, a kiss, a toy is the price you'll pay. Okay, this one's not going to work. Let's just move on to the next one. Let's just move on to the next but one. But the other song, the other song that is, I encourage everyone to go find this. Okay. Is uh, a song called, I think it's My World is Beginning Today or My Life is Beginning Today. Uh-huh. It is a super psychedelic, trippy it's like an acid trip. It looks right. like when people would do acid trips in movies, what they look like. Yeah. It, it's the woman's song, the, the lead Mrs. Claus before she's Mrs. Claus. Um, and she sings this song. My world or my life is beginning today. And the whole thing, uh, like washes away and it becomes 2D animation of like psychedelic trippy swirls and her. Uh, her in her, uh, in her 3D stop motion state, green screened in front of these flat stop motion swirls, and then she becomes flat animation too. Oh, so it's like she's at the, uh, Andy Warhol party from the Doors movie? Exactly. That's exactly what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. So he, uh, he made the children kiss him, and he gave her drugs and a toy, and she met you. This isn't gonna win. Nope. Yeah. Um, So we're down to two. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman. Okay. Let's let's talk about Rudolph. Okay. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, the one that started it all. The one that started it all. Burl Ives as, the, as a snowman with a mustache. Mm-hmm. An elf 
that wants to be a dentist? Is it Jerry the elf? Um, or is it Dennis? What is his name? Why do I have Dennis in my head as the name of this elf? No, I, he is a I dentist. Have, I know, and I have the research Hermie right here. Is his name? Of course, Hermie. Hermie, Hermie the dentist. Hermie the dentist. He doesn't want we to. We don't make toys. need a dentist. Oh, according to his boss. And yet, yeah. So uh, Hermie runs away. Yes. Rudolph is picked on by the other kids who won't let him play any reindeer games. And the adults, too. They're all terrible. Yeah, they're all like, terrible, hey, too. look at this guy. He's terrible. Yeah, when Santa sees Rudolph's nose for the first time right after he's born. In this version, he's uh, Donner's son. Yes. Um, And Santa sees him and is like, well, you can't join my sleigh team with a nose like that. Like, holy cow, man. Keaton Jones happened this week and was like, <laughs> like bullying about someone's nose. Not cool. Too much. Just enough. Um, so um, everybody, yeah, everybody is mean to him. Yeah. And they're like, don't worry. It'll go. Away. Like, just encourage it. Th- th- those things certainly don't help it, uh, stand the test of time. That idea, because mm-hmm. yes, by being him, he eventually discovers his self confidence and right. And Santa apologizes to him at the end, as yeah. a, as does everyone, as soon as he proves useful with that red nose. Right, but let's say he hadn't, and they didn't. Need Actually, it. you know what though? He is uh, Santa apologizes to him before that because he saves the day in this well before that foggy Christmas Eve. Right, uh, he saves the day. Um, well, he and Hermie and other characters save, uh, his, his doe girlfriend and parents from, uh, from the bumble. Right. But, uh, so the, the, the two of them go off on, on their own. They set out Hermie and I, it's a very sweet scene when Hermie and Rudolph meet and they both say that they're going to be independent and they decide they're going to be independent together, yeah. which is a great sweet scene. This, this one is filled with so many sweet, sweet moments. And the cute song. We're just a couple of misfits. We're just a couple of misfits. Well, it was cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they run into some fun characters along the way. They meet up with one of my all-time favorite Christmas characters, Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> Yukon Cornelius is a prospector who is looking for silver and gold. And the way that he looks is he jabs his pickaxe into the ground and then licks the tip of it. To which he always responds, nothing. But he is, in his own mind, the world's absolute greatest prospector. Doesn't Burl Ives sing silver and gold? Yes. Silver and gold. He sure does love silver and gold. Silver and gold, silver and gold, (laughs) means so much more to me. Um, so, so maybe they didn't do a great job setting up the songs. Boy, he sure does like silver and gold. And you can just hear the sound of <laughs> forks hitting a plate at the dinner theater. <laughs> Have you ever been to dinner theater before? I've done dinner theater before. <laughs> what show did you do? I did The Nerd by Larry Shu. Uh, and, and I played the, it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great, it was a great experience. You loved it. And I you loved could it. smell food all the time. Oh yeah. Which is great. And we always got free food backstage. And I was a little kid doing a play with adults. And the play had some sort of ribald moments. It was a lot of fun. And everybody was like, ha, 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 their yep. mouths Mouth full of prime rib. Um, so then they go to the Island of Misfit Toys. How the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. Where they have the song about the Misfit Toys. And this is just parade of fantastic characters. Sure. A train with square wheels, a water gun that squirts jelly, a doll that's, I think, manic depressive. I don't know why she's. What? Uh, I think she's just a depressed doll. Yeah, she's a sad doll, maybe not a happy doll. Yeah. 
Um, and then uh, a Charlie in the box. Nobody wants to play with a Charlie in the box. That's why I'm here on the island of misfit toys. <laughs> and then they have this uh, this uh, lion with wings. It's either Aslan or it's uh, Bumble Lion from the Wuzzles. I think it's the Food Lion uh, logo <laughs> from the from the store. Yeah. What is a lion with wings? Is that a griffin? Uh, sort of. There's a name for it. There's a mythological name for it. Someone is yelling at their sure. podcast right now. I think it's called a, a grove. Anyway. Great. Um, and then, uh, there's Bumble, who is the, the, the abominable snowman up in the mountains. Bumble's who is, bounce. Which you find out at the end. Bumble yeah. is the bad guy through the whole thing. But then they, the dentist, Hermie, yanks all his teeth out and Bumble decides to come back and live at the North Pole. And his job is putting the star on top of the giant Christmas tree. That's right. He just had a toothache. Yeah. That was all. Yeah. He was just, you Poor know, you Bumble. know what? You can't, you can't get mad at a shark for swimming and biting. That's you know right. what I mean? Um, so now that I've gone through the entire plot of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, um, Does, doesn't this one have, have one foot in front of the other? No, that's actually in, that's in, that's in Santa Claus. That is when Santa Claus, um, teaches the Winter Warlock to be kind. Oh, that's right. Which is a great song. I love that song. One foot in front of the other. Soon you'll be walking out that door. Yeah. We're doing it, by the way, what the Ranking Bass specials did, which is singing five seconds of a song. That's the full song. And then moving on. It's practically like we sang it twice. (laughs) Um, so, Jeez. So the, and, and this one's got, um, this one's got some more great music. The Misfits song. We are Santa's elves. Yeah. The aforementioned. Well, that was terrible. I'm leaving. <laughs> Which wasn't that bad. Uh, and, um, and there's that beautiful song by Clarice, uh, the doe that Rudolph falls in love with. Uh, there's always tomorrow. You remember this song? There's always tomorrow for dreams to come true. It's a really, it's just a beautiful, it's like the slow ballad of it. Right. Um, do we have to talk about Frosty? There's, yeah, cause, I mean, we have to. Okay, let's talk about Frosty and then we can name Rudolph the winner. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> Frosty is not as great as everyone remembers it being. It is, I think this animation is a, I think they're, I think at one point they get all the way up to three frames per second. Which is nice. It's almost like watching Reading Rainbow. Right. Um, <laughs> terrible. Uh, the, the dialogue and this is, I think this is the one we were talking earlier when you were saying how dumb the scripts are. Right. Aside from Jimmy Durante's narration, which is a lot of fun. Sure. The children in this are dumb. And even dumber in this are the adults with jobs like the cop and the ticket taker on the train. Who are all incompetent bozos. And I don't know. I'm, I don't know why I'm sounding so mean about this. I do watch it every year and I actually enjoy it. It's just not very good. It's, it's not as good as Rudolph, but tell us, tell everybody why they should watch it. You should watch why it because it is a classic. And as cloying as the song Frosty the Snowman is, uh, it is a really endearing character. This version of, uh, this sweet, just born today character, which is, a classic version of, you know, a classic thing, the yeah. brand new to the world character. An innocent. An innocent. Thank you. Sure. I didn't take any uh, literature classes. Um, and he's a very good version of that. He's sweet. He's got that sort of voice where everything is up here and oh goodness. Well, and, and the first thing he says when he comes to life is happy birthday every time. Um, 
and uh and his naivete is uh it comes across as wisdom in yeah. several points the villain in this one is a lot of fun too uh the villain in this is a magician who is the world's worst uh like party magician right comes to the children's school fails miserably throws his hat in the trash the wind picks up his hat and puts it on frosty's head turns out the hat is really magical brings frosty to life and then the rest of the movie is the magician chasing Frosty, uh, who has to go, who decides he has to go to the North Pole. At one point, they go in a greenhouse, and when Santa shows up, Frosty is a dead puddle on the floor. And then there's like a Oscars in memoriam section that shows clips from previously in the special of all the fun times they had with Frosty. And then they bring Frosty back at the end. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's, the song is good. The, there, I, for this one, for me, it feels like there are moments. You know what I mean? There are classic moments. The cop swallowing his whistle. The, uh, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like animation wise, it feels like a fractured fairy tale. Right. Where everything's sort of like, <coughs> and real jerky. That jazz feel again, coming back to jazz. It's right. like that. It has that, uh, kind of jazz inspired almost animation where things shift mm-hmm. very quickly and it's, yeah. Hard this one should have been changes. way more about the things that they didn't do. Right. Yes. <laughs> or it should be more about the things <laughs> that they didn't do in that they should have added a few more frames in each second of the film. But ultimately it's not the animation that makes it no. not the winner. No. It's it's I mean you when was the last time you saw uh Frosty? I can't even remember. Yeah, it's I mean the story is always sort of in my head. Yeah, cuz it's the song. Yeah, but that like the, all you They really chased need. him down the streets of town right to the traffic stop. Yeah. And he only paused a moment when he heard him holler stop. Exactly. And of course it's a big Irish cop in this. Problems. Yeah. <laughs> um Frosty's fine. I feel like I I I I I there are things about it that I love and there are things about it that I hate. Yeah. But I mean Rudolph is perfect. It is perfect. It's perfect. It's as perfect as any of these are going to get. It's charming. It's every character has heart to them. Santa by the end isn't a jerk anymore. No, it's the most Rankin Bass Rankin Bass special. And it's the one that started it all. That's right. There's a reason I have a a Bumble uh, stocking. Where's your Bumble stocking? I didn't put it up in here because now it's just me and like you don't want to have one stocking. When you live by yourself. Just one bumble, one sad bumble. Yeah, just one stocking. And I don't have a fireplace, so, you know. Well, just start a controlled fire and put the bumble on top. You know what I do have is I have Netflix. Yeah, uh, you could do the... I do, I do the Netflix fireplace all the time. Do you ever do the Darth Vader Yule Log? I have done the Darth Vader Yule Log. You do that. Uh, here's my favorite thing to just loop on the TV. If I just want, like, you know, have people over play music and just want, like, an extra decoration. Yeah. There are great... Silent versions of all the Christmas classics. Uh, from like night, there's a night before Christmas from like 1908. There's a Christmas carol from 1910. And I'll just throw them on silent, uh, old silent film loop. Nice. Or I will turn on the fireplace channel. Beautiful. But that's for another day. For today, Hal, I think we have our winner. People of the world. It's me. Droopy dog. Droopy dog. Now listen. No, oh dear, I just want to let you know that the best rank and best special is Rudolph the Breadbone Breadbone. <laughs>
What's the matter? You never seen the windows made them before? Oh my god! There you go. There's there's the thrilling adventure hour callback for. That was everybody. the most inside baseball. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody go listen to the thrilling adventure hour so you know what that is. But yeah. Yumbo the Christmas Elephant, based on the Rankin and Bass specials. I think it's interesting that the best Rankin Bass special is the first Rankin Bass special yeah. before the sequels, before they branched out and they created... peaked early. Exactly. Well, they just they got it right right away. Yeah. They never got better than they did the first time. Right. Out. And there are great moments in a lot of the right. specials, but this and one. And it's not that they are like it me- worse in a mean way. They're yeah. just not as, they're all fun. There's a, there's a lot of great stuff in there, but they don't measure up. They don't measure up to the classic that is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. So go find it. If it hasn't aired already in your area, watch it. It's available in so many different places. If you've never seen it before, expose yourself to the magic. And by the way, expose yourself to the magic is the song that was cut and replaced <laughs> by if you sit on my lap today, a kiss a toy is the price you'll pay. All right. Maybe not all of them measure up in the same way, <laughs> but there you go. The best rank and best special is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer asked and answered. Oh, that was fun. Now I want to go watch all of these again, even though I just watched Rudolph and Frosty and Santa Claus is coming to town and the year without a Santa. Oh, man, I may have a Christmas problem. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, that's it. This topic is settled, but there's so many others, and we want you to send them to us. So email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Or check us out on Twitter uh, at we got this tweets or visit the Maximum Fun subreddit. As always, thanks to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And of course, to you. Our listeners. And I just want to say, if you sit on my lap today. Don't, please. Okay. There's always tomorrow. Better, but not correct. Okay. You are more valuable to us than silver and gold. Nailed it. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.